to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going for you? It's going good. How's it going for you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Got some interesting stuff to talk about uh, today. New game I've been playing, etc., etc. Uh, speaking of games, what of those have you been playing uh, in the last week? Well, I did like I said I was going to do. I finally got all my downloads and updates done. I got uh, Cyberpunk 2077 installed, made it through the brief intro, made it through the second intro, and at the end of the second intro, one of the characters walks through terrain, and the whole thing exploded with parts going everywhere, looking like some weird love child of a John Woo and Michael Bay movie, and it's like, all right, I gave you a chance, you failed me, I'm out, popped the disc, uninstalled it, and I'm done. Okay, what what happened? I'm done with... No, I mean, what happened with your... Uh, your... The, um, the NPC character that you first meet up with at the beginning of the game, um, the big dude, uh-huh. J- uh, Jackie, walks through a desk and there was something behind the desk and the desk exploded and papers flew everywhere. So he just glitched through uh, terrain. Oh, was it a um, locker thing? Because I think I've seen that yeah. glitch before. Yep. Okay. It still does that? Oh, wow. Yep. Because um, obviously when I when I went back to test... The uh, the game I obviously did I just did like free roam kind of stuff. Obviously, when I played that story part that you're talking about, that was probably when the game launched. Um, yes, yeah, so that's annoying that that's uh, happened. Um, how yep. was your experience of it apart from apart from that? Uh, apart from that, I love the series X. The uh, the fast start, the, the the launching into the games, so smooth, so buttery. Um, getting into that game, it's. It get, I went back to playing uh, um, Tunic. That's a that is a good game to play. It's mm-hmm. just challenging enough as a Dark Souls esque that you like it, and without it actually being like a crazy hard game. Uh, beautiful mm-hmm. art style. The quick launch, like I said, is just bang, bang, boom. Um, I imagine it's the same thing with your uh, PS5. The power difference. Yeah, and launching yeah. through games is just smoking fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And outside of that, like I said, um, it's an awesome machine. I just got to find a game to really push it to its limits. I was scrolling through my uh, game catalog of what I've got as uh, you know enhanced, because it'll tell you when it's enhanced for Series X, because it'll have the X slash S right, logo yeah. on the tile. Um, nothing that really jumped out of me that I needed to play. I might actually try Skyrim again, but I just can't get over the fact that he, 10 years later and they still haven't fixed the companion randomly disappearing glitch. Yep. That's Bethesda. <laughs> so, yep. That's Bethesda. That's Bethesda. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a game that you could play that's like recent. Um, so with, within the last year or so that you could play that would do what you've just said. Because um, all the games I'm thinking of, like Kenya Bridge of Spirits, obviously that's on uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation. Uh, Horizon you can't do that with. Um, Last of Us, that won't happen with that. Um, I can't think of any third-party games that would sort of come under that roof um mm-hmm. of like unless you think all the way back to like Red Dead Redemption 2 but obviously that was a while ago um but no Cyberpunk probably would have been that one but as you said it's still kind of a 
didn't quite work great for you how how was the technical side of cyberpunk when you started it until that point it ran great i mean it was very high quality in terms of the graphics um controls were still sloppy and all over the place they didn't tighten them up at all um huh okay yeah so like driving you're kind of zigzagging all over the place and um shooting it's not very accurate i mean granted it's not gonna ever gonna be uh, like a keyboard and mouse kind of shooting accuracy Mm -hmm. but you know i've not had that issues with games like that in other games to where it's a shooter but they can clearly still play the game so yeah yeah okay fair enough um, for me, uh, I finished Kenya Bridge of Spirits. I've put my review up yesterday, so I won't talk too much more about it because you can listen to what I recorded yesterday. Uh, long story short, I really enjoyed the game. Um, really, just a, a lot of qualities. And as I mentioned on my review, the things I didn't like about it, um, which is very few things, are more sort of like what I personally wanted the game to do as like a bonus thing. Um, but without that bonus stuff, it's still a really fantastic game, and I'd uh, definitely recommend it. I gave it one of my um, must-play ratings. It does say on the... Because I looked, obviously, on Google to see um, the uh, de- uh, developer name, Ember Labs, and all that kind of stuff, and it says PS4, PS5, and it says Microsoft Windows. I did see a listing for Steam or something. Obviously, again, that still wouldn't do your uh, Xbox um, f- f- for that, but... Um, yeah, great game. As I said, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on that, um, I got into some spoilery stuff in the second half, but you can still listen to the first half, so there's that. Uh, so I moved on to... Uh, I tried to play a bit of COD, actually, after that, for like a literally about 10 minutes, but it was in one of its weird, laggy sort of states, and I, I couldn't play it. Um, so I uh, paused that for now. Uh started the um, Skywalker Saga, the Lego, um, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, this is a massive change for the LEGO games in terms of like the depth of things that you can do. Um, you can collect different ships, a number of different characters. Um, essentially, what the structure of the game is, is obviously you start on the main menu. And uh, it's quite a cool picture for like the, uh, the game's main menu. It's like all the major characters on the front from all the different sagas. So you've got obviously... The three lead characters, which is Anakin uh, for the prequels, uh, Luke for the original, and then Rey for the sequel trilogy. So those three are there. And then you've got like Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, etc, etc. All, all the main sort of characters. Got the, uh, I think it's Boba Fett that's on the cover image thing, but not Mandalorian. But you can get Mandalorian uh, in the game with like a season pass kind of thing. Um, but essentially the, the structure of it is you uh, go into obviously your menu and you get a level select screen. Um, you can't jump into one of the sequel episodes. By that I would mean episode 2, 8 or 5. You have to start with either 7, 4 or 1. So the beginning, obviously it's three different trilogies. Uh, so basically you can either go 4, 5, 6... 789 or 123 in in that order but even if you complete say episode one you can't jump into episode five um because how it works is for the individual trilogies you have to go one two three or four five six or seven eight nine for the episodes um but i decided to play it in um release order which was four five six and then one two sorry four five six 
one, two, three, and then seven, eight, and nine for those episodes. Because, you know, episodes one, two, and three are supposed to be a, a prequel and stuff. Um, so I'm going through them that way. Um, and essentially, you start with... Because uh, I have finished episode four already. It was only about two hours or so, but I suppose the film's only a couple of hours itself. So, because uh, they're, what, around two hours each? Two hours, two and a half hours? Something like that, each uh, each Star Wars film. It hasn't Roughly, got... Yeah. Um, yeah, it hasn't got ep- it hasn't got um, Rogue One or Solo, but that kind of makes sense because they're trying to just do the the Skywalker saga, um, the trilogies. So, and to be honest, I wouldn't really have much interest in playing the Solo one or the Rogue One story because uh, you've never actually really got... seen Solo. Really? Oh, okay, probably on Disney Plus. So, um, it's good. For... I I liked it a lot. I liked um, what's his name Alden something. Aaron Wright or whatever his name is, uh, thought he made a pretty good uh, young um, Han Solo, so I'd, I'd recommend it. Uh, have you seen Rogue One? I think I have, yeah, vaguely. Okay, that that's the prequel for Episode Four. It's all about like getting the Death Star plans to the Princess Leia, basically. Yeah. Um, which ties into the direct start of uh, Episode Four. Speaking of Episode Four, uh, that's where you basically start. You start with Leia on the. Um, on the Death Star thing, uh, sorry, not the Death Star, the uh, other ship that I can't think of the name of. Um, so you got that going on, and then you just play through the f- this the story like the actual story of the film. You get certain. See, some people were moaning about the structure of cutscenes as opposed to gameplay because some of the cutscenes play out how they would for some of the story moments, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Because some people were moaning that you couldn't play some of the cutscene moments. It's like, okay, some of the ones that you'll probably... I don't know if it applies to, like, ones in in the later episodes I haven't gotten to yet. But when I was going through episode four, I was like, yep, that's a cutscene that makes sense. Yes, I'm playing this part that makes sense. Because it doesn't really make sense for you to just play the whole story. Um, Because, you know, cutscenes are there for reasons. Just in the same way with a normal game, you'd get certain story moments... In gameplay and certain story moments and cutscenes, um, but whether that changes later on and you get, because I would assume the sort of like iconic duels that you have in the series, uh, so like Anakin versus Obi Wan, end of Episode Three, I think that was. Um, you play that as the uh, you duel that out with um, with Anakin. See, that makes sense for that to be a combat sequence and not a cutscene. Um, so I don't know if there's scenes later on that get ruined because there should have been gameplay moments, but they were cutscenes. I don't know. Um, but at least the, the ones that I've seen gameplay footage of, so like Yoda against um, is it Count Dooku, I think the guy's name was, in, in one of the prequel films, that fight that happens when he's jumping all over the place. I'm pretty sure you can... I think a cutscene leads into that, and then you can play that part. You do like a lightsaber duel kind of stuff. So um, it's pretty good. It's a bit strange with how it's doing its difficulty because obviously in this game like this is TT games trying to do a new formula with the Lego games and you're not doing like a fixed camera press smash square to just smash the whole room up and you know defeat all the enemies you're not doing that anymore this is a third person over the shoulder Lego game where you can fully rotate the camera you can look anywhere you want in in the game uh, obviously you use that for it, it plays out like a third person game basically um and then with that comes um instead of you just uh you know shooting your blaster you aim it with a third person thing and everything 
and then you can take cover and stuff. My only complaint with the combat is it is a bit too easy. I didn't find myself even needing to take cover very much. And I understand it's a Lego game and you want people to just have, you know, fun Lego Star Wars. I, I get that. The part that I would argue against that though is the puzzles are sometimes like, what am I supposed to do? And then you figure out after a couple of minutes. But it's sort of this weird thing where, okay, you made the combat really easy. So that obviously you can get young people to play it or, you know, for all, all ages, all, all people, all ages, you know, that kind of thing. But some of these puzzles, whether it's me just being stupid on some of the puzzles, I don't know. But I go through some of the puzzles and I'm like, okay, how would you, if you if you want to make the combat easier, how would you expect somebody who's just not as good at games, not necessarily kids, it could be older people, to figure out some of these puzzles? Because um, I don't understand the difference of the difficulty there and what they were trying to achieve, what, what they were trying to set out to do. Um, because what you used to do with some of the Lego puzzles is like, hey, let's just smash the room up, right? And then whatever Lego puzzles, whatever Lego pieces would be like jumping around on the floor, that would indicate to you, you go over that, you hold circle, you build whatever, and then you press Y to interact with it, and then it will go forward. This is kind of like, you need to throw grenades at certain things, and then like do these um, code combinations on this machine, which is uh, fairly simple, you just press like up, down, left, right, or you know, different combination of that to get through the puzzles. But um, some things aren't quite so obvious. And there's there's parts as well, because I'm playing, obviously you can play these multiplayer. I'm playing this single player. There was a part where um, I had to, I was playing as Leia. I had to jump up to a um, lever. She had to hang on the lever so it would left pulled down. You then switch over to another character, do something else... And then you kind of switch back. But it's not immediately kind of obvious. It was a bit. It's just a bit strange with how the difficulty's been <clears throat> kind of laid out. Um, I will say um, the space battles are really quite fun. There's two two sequences that I did. One was in the Millennium Falcon. Obviously iconic uh, vehicle. And the other was in um, Luke's uh, vehicle as well. And you're doing the blow up the Death Star type of stuff. Um, so that was good and those two sequences were a bit different and you have to use like torpedoes and stuff and that was kind of fun to do. I am having, because to me Star Wars has got a lot of sort of iconic music, iconic sound effects, you know you've got the TIE Fighters, their shooting sound, you've got the sounds of lightsabers and then you've got like the Star Wars music and I want to like hear all of it really well. And I was having issues trying to balance like at certain points, I was at certain points, I'd whip out a lightsaber and I'd start beating up a bunch of guards or whatever, but I wouldn't be able to hear the lightsaber properly. And then, like, music would kick in at some point in like a really big moment, and I wouldn't, I would, I would like hear over uh, other things over the top. So I was trying to sort of adjust other sound levels, and I turned up my volume. Maybe I just need to turn it up a bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got some like minor kind of, I, I suppose, complaints about it, but um. Yeah, see how it goes. I've already done the fourth episode. I'm going to move on to the fifth one uh, next time I play it. Um, have you seen any of this game at all? What do you kind of think of um, this game? Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm familiar with that style of game. It's not really my style just because I'm not big into the grinding games because you mm -hmm. do have to grind quite a lot for games like that to unlock everything. Yeah. But like I've always said, if it's you know a game you like, and you you know, awesome. 
It's cool. Mm-hmm. Just not my not my cup of tea. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, this is probably also a game you could have fun watching somebody else play it as well. So if you don't want to go through the grindy stuff, you can probably find like a YouTuber who's doing it. Um, one YouTuber I know who's doing it, I think, is Hollow. I'm not sure if he's doing the whole series, but I did see he uploaded a uh, first part for it. So he's somebody I could I could recommend. He's quite an enthusiastic, like you know, energetic YouTuber. So he's quite good. Uh, it's called Hollow uh, on YouTube. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Uh, I did watch um, Alana Pierce play some of that Tunic game. She put up an hour video. I only managed to watch about 10 minutes of it. But um, it doesn't quite look like a game that's for me. Um, I will watch the rest of her video to play it. I just... I, it's getting a bit... Um, I've noticed a bit of a trend happening and i'm not quite sure what to make of it i've noticed a lot of sort of i think too many games are trying to be like we're the so-and-so we're the dark souls of so-and-so we're the dark souls of this and that and i just want i mean you know obviously dark souls has got its you know name in the industry and everything and it's something you can compare other games to but when i look at something like tunic I think, do you really need to be like Dark Souls? Um, and I get other games like, you know, Elden Ring and Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Those are supposed to be like that. Because um, I've heard phrases before like, Cuphead is the Dark Souls of platformers. And I was like, does it need to be though? Like, can't... Like, yeah. And I, I'm interested to see if other developers will kind of lean onto that and be like hey can we be the platforming game of the dark souls genre and it sort of okay did you really like need to because um i i I went into watching that tunic video knowing only what you'd mentioned about it and the different like language thing which was kind of interesting but i didn't know how sort of difficult it was supposed to be and i thought oh this might be kind of a charming fun kind of game to uh to watch and then realized how difficult it kind of surprisingly was and i was like just like does it need to be that sort of difficult um there's also admittedly in um kenya as well i mentioned this in my my review for the game there's a part where there's like a bit of an unnecessary difficulty spike and i had to watch a youtube video to figure out how to beat a certain boss and certain people in the comments were like this is where it becomes the family friendly dark souls and i was like it doesn't need to be that though um it can just be like because Kenya was obviously great the whole way through but that just it didn't those sort of things just don't make sense as to why they need to be like everyone has to be their own version of Dark Souls and it's like no you can just have your own identity um I suppose what what do you kind of make as that as a as a trend I suppose because it is happening a lot more I mean it is I mean the challenge has always been a part of video games it's just now we have a name for it with Dark Souls. You got to remember, before the term first-person shooter was actually coined, mm-hmm. everything that was a first-person shooter was just a Doom clone, because Doom was the first game to do it. Yeah, at least do it very, very well. Um, yeah, I played. I'm about halfway-ish through Tunic. Um, it's definitely a game that lends itself well to speedruns. I really wouldn't call it Dark Souls-esque, um, just because it's not nearly that hard and punishing and brutal and there's only a few bosses um mm-hmm. they're they're challenging uh they force you to be better at the game but i really 
I don't think of it as the Dark Souls because I don't I don't like those games and I like Tunic. It has a mm-hmm. it's a unique style. It's definitely influenced by the game mechanics of Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, because you have uh the fox totems where you can heal up, get all your items back, and then that respawns all the monsters. Um, so there's obviously you know a serious influence to it, but more adjacent, I think, would be a better word. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, going forward, I'm going to be playing the uh, Star Wars game. Um, I'm trying. I'm going to try not to rush like through the episodes. Not that I'm doing that, but knowing that there are they are about the length of the actual films, because um, it took me yeah about two and a half hours to get through the f- the first um, episode four section. We'll see how the rest of it kind of goes. Because um, I feel like this game is really really big, but also the episodes are really short, so I'm not quite sure what the game is going for for that. So. Um, we'll see, I suppose. Obviously, the unlocking characters and doing the free mode and stuff is is there, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, that's what we've been playing recently. Let's get into some housekeeping, and then we'll get in some news. See you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today, I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film, we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, the podcast, of course, um, for the must-play review for Kenya Bridge of Spirits, which I very much enjoyed. Had a few, admittedly, nitpicks here and there as to how the experience could have been even better, but it was still a fantastic game, so I enjoyed talking about that. Uh, Not so good things. Over on the United cast, we lost yesterday 1-0 to Everton in a very, very disappointing display. Uh, The team looks like they've kind of given up for the rest of the season even though there's still seven games left to play. But very, very disappointing uh, is the sentiment from that. Um, we play next against Norwich on Saturday, and then um, the following Tuesday against Liverpool, and we'll see how the hell all of that goes. So we'll see for that. 
Um, over on the TV review side of things, I did my review for the first season of Severance. Gave that a must-see rating review. <clears throat> um, did obviously a spoiler-free section at the start. If you would like to watch Severance, which I'd recommend that you do that, you can find that on Apple TV+. Plus. The first season is all out, and it has been renewed for a second season as well. Uh, spe- sticking with Apple stuff, but over on the film side, I finally went to uh, got around to seeing um, Coda, which won Best Picture at the Oscars recently which is great and it thoroughly thoroughly deserved that award I really 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 enjoyed my time with Coda I think it's an important really emotional really beautiful and just fantastic film um you can watch that as well on Apple TV plus that's about two hours or so but uh really 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 good film uh thoroughly enjoyed that uh, over on The Walking Dead, we've covered up to season 11, episode 15. Uh, there's going to be the 16th episode that we'll be covering uh, this this uh, week on Wednesday, and that will be for the B-side finale episode. The show will return for a third and final part of the 11-season thing in October for the last eight episodes, but we've still, still got one more left to cover on Wednesday. Uh, over on the other film review side of things, this time on the Fox-slash-Disney side of things, uh, I watched Death on the Nile. And I'd recommend that nobody else do that because I watch the film so that you don't have to. <laughs> so uh, that's Death on the Nile. I gave that a, a clear, clear skip rating. I really, really hated that film. And uh, that's if you want to watch it, um, it's available on Disney Plus. Um, is it available on Disney Plus over there in in the US? I'd assume it is, but um, I'm not completely sure. So that's uh, no. I mean you. Technically, you could if you uh, switched your VPN to the UK. Uh-huh. Um, it is available on Hulu, though. Right. Um, yeah. So Makes sense. I have seen it. I thought, eh, I don't know if I want to watch that or not. And then I saw your review and was like, yeah, I'm probably glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Just remember, I watched it so that you don't have to. So, yeah, I, I, I made the sacrifice. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's Death on the Nile. Uh, it's got a great cast, but goodness me, they don't give them a good script to work with. Um... Anyway, last week's Game & Talk episode, we talked about the newly structured PlayStation Plus, which is going to have three tiers, which is going to be refreshed in the month of June. We talked about that. We also talked about the future of LEGO games, because TT Games said that they're working on another new LEGO game from another major IP. So we discussed you know, the new LEGO format that we've got, and how that could work into a new game. And we discussed uh, Crunch in video games. Uh, also, possible skip review for Dying Light 2. That's my spoiler for that one's completely spoiler free. Uh, my review for Dying Light 2. Um, I did a podcast called Why uh, Phase 4 of the MCU is the Best One So Far. Of course, that's an opinion piece kind of thing. Just talking about what I like that the MCU is doing a bit differently in the fourth phase so far. It's not finished it, of course, but uh, I've really, really enjoyed uh, Phase 4 so far of the MCU. So there's that one. And that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform by searching for the same name. Alright, let's get into some news. Alright, so a lot of game announcements uh, this week. That's the main uh, gist of the news that we've got. I've got three to mention. And, well, technically four. We haven't talked about this other game yet, but it has already been announced. Uh, the first two, um, I don't know why I put them in the same row for notes, but never mind. Uh, a new Ghost Recon game and a new Tomb Raider game 
are both in development. Um, Square Enix, where is my uh, thing for this? Um, I've noted, um, new Tomb Raider game confirmed is going to be using Unreal Engine 5. That's owned, is that owned by Epic? Or am I misremembering that? That's the Epic. Uh, I th think it is. Yeah, because yeah, Sony got like a share of that yeah. or, or, or something. Yeah, so um, that's that one. Because obviously there's a bunch of different game engines within the world of game engines. Um, but yes, it says it's official. A new Tomb Raider game is now in development using Unreal Engine 5. Obviously, this will be from Square Enix. Again, we don't know specifically which developer. Obviously, Square Enix is the publisher. Um, so that's the first one to talk about. We'll leave uh, Ghost Recon for a minute. Um, so I suppose we'll both answer the same question. What what would we both want from a new Tomb Raider game? Um, I don't quite know what your history is, with, unless I've forgotten what you've said in the past. So, what's your history with the Tomb Raider games, Robert? And what would you want from a new game from the Tomb Raider uh, franchise? I I remember the early ones. Mm -hmm. um, never played them because I never had a machine that could run them. Uh, I played the newer ones. They're both pretty good. Um, the only real issue that I had is in the, the first new game. Um, you you get to, to that scene where Laura has to kill the deer for the first time. And it's very dramatic, very... Uh, um, intense scene going through that emotional trigger to I have to do this to survive and then she just goes down to mow down a whole bunch of dudes yeah, um, so yeah. that was kind of a bit jarring back and forth um, outside of that it's I, I enjoy them I like the puzzles they they have a good mix of platforming and challenge um, with the puzzles um, clever uh, you don't have to be a completionist to unlock everything um yeah it's I, I outside of what i would want i don't know i was going through some of the um articles covering that and i'm not going to say the person's name because it's just too weird um they actually said they wanted a game with less daddy issues and i'm like what what yeah what yeah yeah they actually published that in the article of they want the new tomb raider game to quote and i'm this is a direct quote <laughs> quote have less daddy issues with laura I'm like... Oh, well, I'm sorry that her dad died, you know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a meme I keep on my phone that I send for people that just says, Look, I'm projecting! Because mm. that would be my guess, so... Yeah, yeah. She has this... Because there's, there's multiple... There's actually different versions of canon um, mm -hmm. for, for Tomb Raider. Because there's, like, the 1, 2, and 3 games. Then there's, like, the... I think it's called Something of Darkness, which uses something different... And then, because um, I can't remember what happened with the canon with the new trilogy, but in one of the many versions, her dad died. So if it's referring to that, like, okay, sure, she's going to be grieving because her dad died, obviously. Um, I, I don't really consider that a spoiler because I can't even remember which which that which thing that's canon to with which game. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a odd thing to say. <laughs> But if I was to ask like any per any odd person, and I said like, "What do you want from the game?" Obviously, I'm talking from gameplay stuff. I wouldn't expect them to say they have less daddy issues. But anyway, yeah, very bizarre. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, I now you have a bit of a um, identity crisis issue, and what I mean by that is obviously you had the classic PlayStation uh, Tomb Raider games. I think there was three of them. Mm -hmm. And they were very much a survival adventure 
games still third person obviously a bit different to how games play now there's no sort of like um obviously it's like tank controls and that sort of thing now as opposed to what you have in newer action games these days like uncharted and then uncharted came along i can't remember what year in in the ps3 era and that obviously did take some influence from uncharted uh from tomb raider of like hey we're gonna do survival action adventure thing but we're gonna have a male protagonist in nathan drake and obviously you got sully and all these other characters um and then for whatever reason tomb raider went hey this franchise not copied us but took like ideas and sort of tried to remix them and uncharted's great the original tomb raider games are great the issue I have with the newer Tomb Raider trilogy, so not this upcoming one, obviously we don't know anything about it yet, the newer Tomb Raider trilogy, is they changed their identity in a way of like, hey, you know, Uncharted was successful, they were like us, let's try and be like them. And it turned from a um, survival action series to a blockbuster Hollywood-like action series. And it just lost all of its... Um... I mean, don't get me wrong, those three games are pretty good, the third one's not so not so great it's still it's okay the the third one i can't remember what they're all called but um i get what they were i get what square enix were trying to do with the i think it was a 2013 tomb raider reboot which is the ones we're referring to and you know lara's character model was obviously redesigned from the ps2 and ps1 era which makes sense you know a new kind of modern reboot but it was just too action focused i suppose there was like no survival elements um in the game I would just like... I, I don't think this is going to happen. I think that they're just going to continue to try to copy Uncharted again. Um, but it's like, if someone tries to copy your identity and make different games, don't try and copy them as well, because then you'll just end up making games similar to them. Um, and I definitely think that the four, well, five Uncharted games, because there's Lost Legacy as well, um, are much better than the three Tomb Raider reboot games that we got. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like they're just going to go for the blockbuster Hollywood action stuff. I hope that that, that's different. Um, I don't know how much I trust Square Enix. Because I, I talk sometimes about which brands I trust in terms of who's making what and how good they are at making things. I've spoken about, you know, obviously Warner Brothers, Bethesda, as opposed to, you know, Naughty Dog and those sorts of companies. Um, so we'll just have to see what Square Enix kind of comes up with. I think it was Crystal Dynamics that did the, the rebooted games. Mm-hmm as well um but do you think they're going to go with the same thing again or do you think they might change things a bit how do you think that this might actually kind of go in terms of its kind of identity i suppose hard telling because like i said it's in development but we haven't seen literally anything yet so mm, yeah part of me is kind of wondering i could be wrong with this part of me is kind of wondering if they might look at last of us 2 and try to make it so, sort of like dark darker and grittier type of thing because if you tried to copy naughty dog once there's no saying that you might not do it again and i know that obviously last of us 2 is you know completely different it's uh zombie post-apocalyptic survival but that's kind of a, a sense i get is they might look at the success of that maybe um and think like oh we should go for something darker and grittier which like you said for one scene they tried to attempt to do that with because i remember what you want you're talking about the deer scene and then you just gunned down a bunch of people. Um, yeah. So, did you ever watch the film that was based on, on this? Because I never bothered with, with Yeah, that. they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not good. So, uh, I mean, least... they're not, like, horrible, horrible, horrible. But they're not... They're, they're just there. 
Yeah, they're just they're just there. Um, so you had Alicia something playing that role. So oh, the new new one. I thought you meant like the old uh, um, oh, the Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie ones. Oh no, I've not seen the the newer one. Okay, I think it was only one of them. But there's a sequel in development. So there was two with Angelina Jolie. Right. Um, yeah. As for the newer one, no, I haven't seen that one. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere or not. Uh, it's on Netflix over here. I've I seen it. Netflix. Uh, I've seen it pop up a couple of times. So, um, I vaguely remember the Angelina Jolie films. They were all right. Um, if you were to say to me which ones you'd, would you recommend I watch, probably the older ones, uh, the Angelina Jolie ones, just because it's one of them things where it, it has the Uncharted problem as well, um, where it's just like the cutscenes from the game, basically. Um, and if you've played, if you, if you've played the 2013 reboot, it doesn't matter about the other two. If you've played the 2013 reboot, you have essentially seen the film. So, yeah. Uh, so that's Tomb Raider. We'll see how that turns out. You know, it could be better than I'm expecting. I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on this, um, cause I do care about Tomb Raider, but I just hope that they can either find a completely new identity or go back to what they used to be good at and not, and stop trying to copy other, other, uh, other developers. So, um, anyway, let's move on to the, uh, I haven't got as much specific information, I've just got a title that says, um, there's a new Ghost Recon sequel, um, in development, or reportedly, as the media likes to use that word, in development at Ubisoft. Um, so I'm gonna have to look up here for a second on, I'll do it on Boomerang Games, it makes sense, because there was two Ghost Recon games... In the last couple of years, if I type in Ghost Recon, I'll be able to see which ones I'm talking about. Uh, Right, there was a Ghost Recon game that came out called Ghost Recon um, Breakpoint, and it was really bad. I think that was the one, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the one that they hired um, John Bernthal for, and he was in some cutscenes, but the game was like really boring, really just, not necessarily technically bad it was just very bland and just basic and just very very just modern poor ubisoft but i don't remember here i don't remember hearing about like technical issues and stuff maybe there were in there that i just never heard about so that one that was one that i think i played it for about an hour or so and i was like yeah i'm not doing this anymore um and i'm very much into those sort of like that genre of you know the tom clancy games and stuff it was another one that i didn't however play that i do need to have a look at it was called tom clancy's ghost recon wildlands which was a bit more of an open world kind of game that one i do need to look at um i don't know why i haven't played that one yet but um that's one that i'm curious about playing i heard some better things about that game as opposed to the newer one um but yeah i i need to uh look into playing that game at some point the last one, the last Ghost Recon, because you've got different franchises. You've got Splinter Cell, you've got Rainbow Six Siege, or the the Siege franchise, because you've also got um, uh, Rainbow Six like Vegas, I think, as well. So those are like the first person, um, like terrorist hunt down kind of games. And then you've got the the newer one called called uh, oh, what's it called? Ex- not Extraction, the one with the infected. Um, breakpoint? Break? No. no, not breakpoint. Um, quarantine. Quarantine was it called? 
I think. Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, and it, it didn't look very good. So you got that one as well. That's obviously over on the, the Rainbow Six um, franchise. But the last one of these, other than the 2013, I think it was called Splinter Cell Blacklist. Um, the last Ghost Recon game that I played that I enjoyed was Ghost Recon Future Soldier. That I actually remember that game being really, really good. It had some like connect fun- functionality, which kind of worked. You you could use it for shooting, but um, where that actually worked surprisingly well was with gun customization. You could like spin your gun around with your hand, and you could pull bits off of the gun and stuff. And you could obviously you know put different attachments on. That was what that was basically for. I remember that being quite good. And I think you could do certain voice commands, like, hey, take... I think you could, like, aim at a certain spot and say, like, take cover, or... I think you could do something like that with the the connect voice commands. Again, that worked... That was probably one of the best, like, functioning connect games that was that was out there. Um, but no, I remember that big game actually being really good, uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier. But anyway, for this new one that we don't have a title for... Um, Again, it's just for, for Ubisoft. If you're going to tell me about any new Ubisoft game, whether it's going to be a new Assassin's Creed, new Rainbow Six Siege game, a new Ghost Recon Breakpoint game, Ubisoft have just fallen into this hole of just making mediocre products in the last, I would say, probably five years. Um, apart from uh, the two... Because Watch Dogs 1 was okay. Watch Dogs 2 is actually, I think, really good. And then there was Watch Dogs, was it Legion? Took place in um, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Which didn't really take full advantage of its kind of like, hey, you can play as anybody kind of thing. Um, and you could also switch off the permadeath aspect of that in case you ran out of agents. Um, that was okay, that game. I still think Watch Dogs 2 is... I, I think in, in the last five years, I would say Watch Dogs 2 was probably one of the best games that Ubisoft has actually made. Um, playing as I think it was Marcus or something that was quite good um, but if you're going to announce any new Ghost Recon game Watch Dogs game uh, Tom Clancy based game I just don't at the moment have the trust that Ubisoft are going to do a good job with whatever it is um, for, for those sorts of games if it's the Nintendo collaboration with uh, the Rabbids games I did like the, the first one there's a new one in development um, but when when games like this get brought up, like a new Tom Clancy's game, all I'm thinking is like it's probably gonna have microtransactions, probably a season pass, probably like a deluxe edition for like 130 quid or something, and the gameplay is probably gonna be some stale, messy thing, or it's gonna have the Watchtower stuff where you go over to a thing and then you you know unleash the point or whatever, and then you see all the marks on the map, and that formula has just gotten very very tired for Ubisoft, so. We'll see what this game looks like. I just don't think that this new one's going to be any good. Just based on how the last one went and how Ubisoft has been in the last five years, roughly. So, anyway, um, Robert, what's your history with uh, Tom Clancy games? And what do you think? What are you thinking of a of a new Ghost Recon game? I haven't played one in forever. Um, I honestly have no opinion either way. If there if it comes out and it's a good, then awesome. If it comes obviously um outside of that don't really care mm-hmm. yeah um so out of the like so out of the tom clancy game uh franchises i suppose i meant could you you've played the split and sell games haven't you or did you not uh, a long time ago yeah okay so did you, did you play the 2013 one the one that we last saw like 10 years ago i honestly don't even remember okay so. okay so it's not your kind of like wheelhouse and stuff um yeah 
So the the other kind of question, based on Ubisoft's, I suppose, track record in the last five years, do you think that this game will be good? Just kind of based on that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll have all that stuff that it always does. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. There we go. We'll see how that one works out. Um, so, yeah, for both of these game announcements, I don't really think either of them are going to be great, either the new Tomb Raider or the Ghost Recon, but we'll have to see how it all goes. Different companies, obviously. Uh, sticking with Square Enix for a minute here, um, a franchise that is outside of my wheelhouse, but I thought we'd, we'd mention it. Um, Kingdom Hearts 4 was, was announced. There was a new trailer that went up. I didn't watch the trailer itself. Um, I did see some screenshots and some pictures and stuff. And it looks like Kingdom Hearts. Um, bit of a different... Um, a couple of the characters looked a bit older than what I remember. Um, so that's interesting. I thought um, Kingdom Hearts 3 was the last one. And uh, some other people online have been saying that today. Of like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 4? I thought the franchise ended at the third one. Um, which I thought as well. Because you had, what, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, 3? And then you had, like, the 400 and something days... Mm-hmm. And then you had all the weird ones like the two point two point five remix and like the one point eight something or other. I'm not making any of that up. I, I remember they had like I think some of those point whatever games were supposed to act as prequels for the other games. Like when two point five came out, I think that was supposed to be like the in between game before three came out. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously this is supposed to be sort of Disney meets Final Fantasy, which you'd think would appeal to me. I did play some of Kingdom Hearts 3. I made sure to play the Toy Story level, obviously. Uh, I played, I think, the Hercules level and one of the other ones, maybe. Um, even the Toy Story level itself I wasn't massively impressed with, but obviously it had the good Toy Story stuff in there that I love. Because um, even like the, the level in Andy's room was kind of fun and whatever. So, um, Kingdom Hearts 4, not going to be for me, but I just thought I'd give that kind of opinion on it. Um, what about you, Robert? Where are you at with Kingdom Hearts? I never really got into the games. Um, I vaguely remember playing 2 uh, back in 2005 when I had a roommate that had a PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. Not not really in my wheelhouse. Um no hate on it. It's just not anything I'm going to play. Yeah, they've got a very kind of like particular audience. And, you know, if you're in that audience and you enjoy those games, then then great. Obviously, there's a, a lot for it to, for you to uh, dig into. Um, so, yeah, that's for Kingdom Hearts. Did, did you think that the third one was going to be the last one, like everybody else seems to think? <laughs> uh, doubted it, just because there's always going to be a sequel for something. So Yeah, and it's Kingdom Hearts, so it uh, isn't going away. Um, Alright, that's for Kingdom Hearts 4. The other thing I've got to talk about today is... um, This isn't a new game announcement per se. This was the one I was hinting at earlier. There's a new horror game coming out called The Quarry. And I'm just going to double check the developer's name. Uh, The Quarry? Uh, Supermassive. I thought it was them, yeah. They're the Until Dawn... um, Developers, I'm pretty sure. Let me just look up The Quarry. Uh, yeah, Supermassive Games, I think, is the same. Um, they're either the Detroit developers or they're the Until Dawn developers. They're the same kind of, like, choice-driven format of games. Um, oh, no, it's Quantic Dream that does uh, the uh, Detroit Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Supermassive is the one that, yeah, does um, these games, Until Dawn and whatnot. So, And they had the, the VR game, Rush of Blood, which I never kind of played. So, 
Um, yeah, they've announced a new horror game. It's called The Quarry. And again, looks very kind of cinematic and very, like, you know, um, focuses on the facial animations, that type of thing. Um, it's got a guy from uh, Scream in there who uh, played one of those characters. So that's... David Arquette, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did recently watch the uh, the fifth Scream, which is just called Scream. It was kind of the revival, the 2022 version. That was uh, pretty good as well. Um, I will take interest in this, I I think. Um, it looks to be that kind of, um, you know, if it's anything like um, Until Dawn, which is a game I very much enjoyed. Um, with this one, it seems to be... I think you could argue with Until Dawn, you had kind of young 20-something people. This seems mm-hmm. to maybe have, like later 20 year old like late 20s age type of people yeah because until so... dawn had uh, uh remy malik and mm-hmm. uh the the cheerleader from lost whose name is i'm blanking on right now yeah yeah thank you yeah and it had uh is it freddie prince jr or was it the other guy as well uh, might have been a couple, couple of those might people have been. yeah so yeah i've got the article here for this uh game that's Quite the cast of horror genres because we got David Arquette, mm-hmm. um, Lance Hendrickson from Alien, uh, Lynn Shea from A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Ted Raimi. Which, if you if you don't know who Ted Raimi is, then I can't help you with that. <laughs> um, yeah, according to the article, there's going to be three modes um, for what they're calling the movie mode, where if you just want to yeah. watch it and watch the actors, there's everyone lives, everyone dies, and director's chair which lets you kind of pick and choose um, how the action goes, or you can just play the game. But it's, uh, I'm not a horror game myself, but I might, I'm definitely going to watch people on stream play this because I know there will be people playing this on stream. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be playing it instead of watching it, but um, yeah, it's good that it has those those options and stuff. Um, it's a bit of a different kind of thing, but I suppose if you're going to... Because this is very much a game that you can watch somebody play on Twitch and you might think like, no, no, you got to choose this option. They choose the other one or, you know, you can have some, some fun with that. I even know people that have done um, uh, voting um, uh, Let's Plays where it's like, hey, community, what do you think we should choose here and, and, and that kind of stuff and what, what should we... They put up like polls and that kind of thing. So uh, you can have obviously some, some good fun with that. Um so yeah, if you're going to make a game that is very watchable on like a Twitch playthrough, um, which essentially is like an interactable... Because for lack of a better word, it's like an interactable horror film. Because mm-hmm. outside of the choice-driven stuff, it's basically you walking around just using an analog stick. There's no sort of jumping or ducking or taking cover or shooting in third person, you know, nothing like that. Uh, it's essentially you just kind of... You either control what the character's doing as they're like running or something, so choosing to jump over or duck under a branch but a uh, uh, branch but um yeah if you're going to do a game that's like that like that I suppose um it kind of makes sense that you would put a watch mode in here like a like a movie kind of mode and stuff um and I suppose you know if you're somebody that's like played it already or um if you don't want to like watch somebody on Twitch play it or something you can say like I guess to if you want to get a group of people together Instead of one of you sitting there like controlling it and, and that kind of stuff, you'll just kind of stick it on as a film. Um, that's maybe what they're kind of going for. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, I trust that this will be a, a, a good game because I, I did really enjoy Until Dawn. Um, and I do like that it's got the same kind of... It looks, again, like Until Dawn, but you've got a different and a bit of an older cast sort of set, I suppose. Or the, the characters, seemingly, are a bit older than the Until Dawn versions. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. 
Um, does that have a release date? Oh, it does. Tenth of June, twenty twenty-two for the uh, for the quarry. So uh, about two months away. Yeah, we're on the tenth of April today, so two months away. Um, is this a game you're going to be checking out at all, or are you going to watch somebody else play it, or do the do the? Movie I'll watch mode? someone else play it. Like I said, I'm not big into the horror genre. Yeah, yeah. So there we go for that one. Uh, that's all the news I've got to talk about this week, Robert. How about yourself? Uh, well, first up, uh, Fate Makers, 2K, and GBX, and GameSpot are running at sweepstakes for the launch of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is a semi-sequel, semi-spinoff to Borderlands. Uh, you get to win a trip to Germany, mm. which is sounds kind of cool. The prize is, quote, an unforgettable trip for two to Germany that includes five-night accommodations in a totally tricked-out gaming hotel apartment inspired by Tiny Tina's Wonderland, um, the ultimate travel destination. Uh, to enter, all you have to do is go find the article, and there is a link to fill out. Um, a competition closes April 21st, and the winners will be drawn shortly after that. Uh, the winner will be contacted by phone or email to arrange um, Germany transportation. As for actually getting there, I honestly don't know because I don't know what Germany's travel restrictions or allowances are right now. Um, love to go, but part of me was just like, yeah, travel is kind of dicey. So, <laughs> yeah, especially that... international travel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was playing obviously some COD the other day with some friends, and uh, we got into. I think we were waiting for somebody to join the lobby, so we got into a bit more of a chat, and. Uh, what was it? I I'd mentioned that I was playing something, probably Kenya. I think I mentioned that I just posted the episode for it uh, yesterday, and uh, someone's like, "Oh, have you played that um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland?" I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like that Borderlands-ish sort of game, isn't it?" And I was like, "Borderlands wasn't really kind of for me." And there were most of the people in that party. Cause it was a party of five at the time. We were waiting for the sixth person, and uh, about three or four of the other people were sort of saying, like, yeah, it's really, really good and stuff. Um, so I might, like, give it a, a look and that sort of thing. I don't know. Um, it is a... It is... Is it this month's PS Plus game? Or was it last month's PS Plus game? I think it was last month's. Last month's, right. Um, I think I claimed it. I can't quite remember. But I could rent it anyway if I if I wanted to. Um, but, yeah, for those that are kind of into all the Borderlands stuff, I suppose... Because this is supposed to be a spin-off of Borderlands, isn't it? I think. Basically, it's the characters playing a D&D style game. Right. But then you are the D&D characters um and then it just wackiness evolves. Yeah. Yeah. Such as is Borderlands. So um cuz this has got this has got Ashley Birch voicing I think mm-hmm. and Troy Baker or am I not remembering who the other cast member is? Um I do like Ashley Birch a lot. Obviously she was uh or is currently Aloy in the Horizon series, um, who had significant improvements to her character in the second game. Uh, she also plays a character in... Um, have you seen uh, Mythic Quest on Apple? Uh, I know of it. I haven't seen it. I don't have an Apple Plus subscription. Okay. She's one of the, the, the worker characters sort of uh, in that show. She does a very good job there. Obviously, that's a live-action uh, version of her. Um, but no, it's there for people that want to try to do this and uh, see what happens with... Um, with all of that. How about yourself? Do you have any interest in playing this Tina nah, game? Nah. That was one of the more annoying characters from Borderlands 2, so... Okay. See, I'm not familiar with, like, the actual character at all, so... Yeah. 
because the only just, ca- just imagine a twelve year old on the ultimate sugar high of all sugar highs, um, talking about as fast as um, a, an album played at four times speed, and the person talking on the album is on meth. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Because the, the only kind of Borderlands characters I remember is the ones from the Telltale game. I think you had like Reese and a few of the other characters. That yeah. Was a, that was a long time ago though. So, um, but yeah, that's there if, for those of you that want it. So, uh, alright. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, the Bandai Namco may collaborate with other uh, family, fantasy novelists, uh, novelists following the success of Elden Ring. Although, to be honest, I don't know how much of George R.R. R. Martin's influence in, is in the story. Uh, but the article here that I found says uh, Brandon Sanderson, who is the author of the Mistborn series, which I have read and highly recommend. It is a very unique take on fantasy. Um, had a stream uh, recently, and he received a promo box from Bandai Namco, including including a map of the lands between a cloak, wooden icon of a late game boss, and the de facto Elden Ring mascot, Melania. As well as a broadsword, which obviously wasn't sharpened for safety reasons. Um, while he did not read the letter out loud, he says, This is interesting. Perhaps doing something together is what they say, which I am well. Um, he has uh, talked about being passed over, actually, as a, from a collaboration from, some, from, for, from software. I can't talk today. In favor of George R.R. R. Martin. Um, but he's still in the in hopes of actually collaborating with them. Have you read the Mistborn series? No, no. Okay. Um, What's that about? Basically, um, it's an interesting take on fantasy. What it is, is that in the world, you can consume metals and it has like a spell power effect. Um, So like you could do, you could like, if you were iron, you could like make objects fly away from you. Um, if you take pewter, then you can get like really, really strong. Um, and yeah. most people, if they have this power, um, metal that they can use characters that are misborn can use all the metals. And so it's a, a lot of political intrigue, a lot of drama, some theology thrown into it. It's a really very well-written series. It's a three book trilogy. Um, they did like a, a fourth book that was set like 200 years in the future after the main trilogy ended. I never got around to reading that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, strong recommend on reading it. It's a very well written book. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I kind of wondered because I've been watching um, York's cast Kim play uh, through Elden Ring. I'm a bit behind on her videos. She uploaded them a bit quicker than I thought she was going to, but uh, they're like clips from her uh, Twitch streams, I think. Um, I've watched about three of those parts. So I need to continue with that. And as I was watching her play, obviously, you know, it's fun involved and she's a, you know, cool, funny person and that sort of thing. And I was looking at like, because, because to me, the Soulsborne games, if you want to include like Sekiro and Dark Souls and Bloodborne and, you know, all, Demon Souls, all, all those sorts of games, there's story there if you want to go and find it, but they're not story heavy games they're very much like the 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 attractiveness of those games is like oh can you beat this game because it's so hard 
so I remember because I, I remember like a year ago or two when we when we uh, spoke about the news of George R. R. Martin being the writer on Elden Ring, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, obviously there's the joke about like, hey, George finished the books uh, with with Game of Thrones, which is still a meme to this day because he still hasn't finished them. Um, but as I was kind of watching her play these games and stuff and remembering what the other games uh, are, are kind of like from uh, from software. And I was thinking, for the story that's involved in here, why did you need a writer like George R. R. Martin? Because these aren't like heavy cutscene, um, like a sort of Last of Us or something, where your writing's really got to be intricate and great and everything. Um, or even in like a Kenya Bridge of Spirits, a more recent example, where you have like a bit more in-depth sort of cutscenes. Because um, mo- most of the cutscenes I've ever seen from the Soulsborne series of games are a character sort of you know an enemy once you kill them or something and then they or or or, a, or an npc that you would go up to to get upgrades from but they would be saying like one or two lines so i i never quite understood from day one like okay a guy who's written like this really intricate in-depth story with game of thrones why why do you need him for for these games i guess i suppose you know stamping his name on the games was like oh this is written by by the guy that the game of thrones that must be kind of cool but yeah never quite un- quite got that from day one so um what, what did you think of I, I suppose all that uh well i can absolutely understand it as an appeal um yeah yeah obviously with games um they're being they're more and more story focused i mean we just talked about a game that's basically going to be a movie uh, so i can understand mm. getting professional writers to help with the story elements of your game um obviously they don't that's outside of people in the game sphere that know of it they don't really heavily advertise it because because when i'm you know cruising through youtube or whatever and i get a commercial for an ad for elden ring it doesn't say with story by george R. R. martin on it so they obviously don't have mm-hmm. um that much invested in it outside of whatever they paid him for whatever he did uh, but yeah, I could see draws for that. So yeah, yeah. So see how all that goes. Um, all right. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, the last thing I have to talk about is with Twitch. Um, in October 2021, Twitch began testing a new feature that enabled viewers to pay money to boost a streamer's channel to the site's front page in order to give it greater exposure. Uh, they've had to end that because people were just boosting porn. Mm-hmm. Um, because you give somebody the opportunity to troll, they're going to troll. So uh, there's tons of pictures of it. Um, some Someone tweeted out, this, this introduced this just to my front page recommended, and it's like a dude on drugs, and there's a chick with her top off. So mm-hmm. uh, makes no sense in the sense that I get wanting to support a streamer um i don't get paying to put them on the front page um because the people that i know that stream that get to the front page is because they've achieved achieved something and twitch is recognizing that um Mm, uh, kira who i did the interview with last year yeah uh she got boosted uh for international women's day her and a bunch of other female streamers were got got put on the front page for a bit so there's you know a bit of recognition, um, bit of yeah, boosting, but yeah, 
and, and paying for it just never made any sense to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. See, what I don't understand, and maybe I'm not supposed to understand because it might not make sense in the first place, is the idea of like, okay, I, I get it. You might watch somebody on Twitch because you think they're attractive. That's fine, you know. Um, and whether or not you're interested in the actual content or you just want to look at them, you, just, you just, if you just want to innocently click on their Twitch stream and look at them, you're still a viewer that's counting towards them. And to them, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's ultimately what matters. Obviously, you want a healthy community and all that kind of stuff. The thing I don't get with this specific thing, and again, maybe I'm not supposed to understand this because maybe it doesn't make sense. If you're going to... And I'm not, like, moaning at anybody for this. It just is something that doesn't quite make sense. If you're going to go on to a streamer, whether it's a male or female or, you know, whoever, and you think, okay, I want this person, whether you find them attractive or not, or if you just want them to, to do better on... Uh, on the on the platform, or specifically if you, if you think they're obviously like attractive and stuff, and they're doing that, they're wearing I don't know more revealing clothing or, or or something like that, and you think, okay, you'll pay for this like boost thing so that they get put to the front of the page. There's only so much you can actually even do on Twitch that involves nudity. I'm pretty sure because like you can't like just sit naked on camera, can you, on Twitch? <laughs> Like uh, at, at a certain point, surely you'd get like banned for that sort of no, thing. No, because most of the top female streamers, um, and this is why I hate this concept because it's lazy content. Um, they just sit bored in a hot tub in a bikini, ninety-five percent naked, and just sit there and let idiots give them money. So, All right? Are they doing like um, chat show stuff, or are they just? No, they are literally just sitting in a hot tub doing nothing. And then, like, somebody will donate five bucks and they'll write their name on a body part. Okay. When I say it's lazy content, I mean it in the literal sense. It is lazy content. And I only know of it because a YouTube channel that I follow, uh, Streamers Reloaded, which does news and stuff about streamers all the time, mm-hmm. has those people every now and then on there. And you can just see it on their face. They're bored. They're not interested in what they're doing, but they make stupid amounts of money. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example. One of the the queens of the I'm hot, give me money is uh, Amaranth. And they had an article on her. She's making like 95 grand a month just on her OnlyFans. Yeah. And when you add in her Twitch stuff, she probably makes like four or five million a year for doing nothing other than having air quote talent of having big boobs and being on Twitch. And I know that makes me sound horrible and I accept that, but that's the literal thing of it. She doesn't Mm -hmm. play games. She doesn't paint. She doesn't do anything. She's pretty on Twitch. That is her job. Yeah. And I, I admire that, that she makes money doing that in the sense that, you know, nobody's forcing anybody to give her money. People are willingly giving her money. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you haven't even got to click on that person's page. So yeah, never never been to the page, never plan on being to the page. Yeah. See, here's where this uh, again, where you've got a bit of a difference. If you are somebody who um wants to like you know show their body off, and, you know, to, to whatever degree they want to, that is where somebody like somewhere like OnlyFans is more of a platform. Um, whereas if because to 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 me, because to me, Twitch is supposed to be more for 
either playing a game and then interacting with your community or doing like a talk show because there's loads of podcasts that do like hey we'll record our show live on twitch at this point and if you miss it later you catch it on youtube and stuff mm-hmm. um where they talk about like whether it's tv game they don't even have to talk about entertainment it could be like politics or you know so, some sort of chat show there's literally a category uh, i think it's called talk shows yeah on twitch just chatting whereas if you want to do one labeled as like a talk show and obviously you haven't got a game or anything running but your idea is as as you kind of mentioned to kind of just sit there with like a bikini on or something admittedly if you're looking to do something like that only fans is probably a better place for those types of people but i mean i say a better place that some of these people well, see, clearly a, a lot success. of these streamers just use um on twitch anyway yeah a lot of these streamers uh, just use twitch to promote their only fans um and i only know right, that because right. um the, on the streamers reloaded they were talking about how one guy was randomly in amaranth's channel never really followed her or anything and happened to be at the right time to get a gift sub and then immediately after his mm-hmm. he got a gift sub he gets three spam emails a day from her auto spam account uh saying hey join my only fans Right, so it's using it for promotion. Basically. Yeah, which technically is the terms of service violation for Twitch, but you know, is it? they oh, don't punish. Yeah, um, okay. but they don't punish her for it because you know she makes so much money that the rules don't apply to her. Mm-hmm. By the way, YouTube at- absolutely does things like it, I- I- I've seen. This is a bit of a different kind of thing, but the similar kind of thing. YouTube will do something similar, and I I spoke about this very openly in a recent YouTube episode that I did. It's called Ranting About YouTube Problems, where um, if you've got a channel that makes like admittedly toxic content, and you can tell if it's toxic because some some content creators on YouTube are just very openly put like toxic titles in in their video titles and like the thumbnails that they use and stuff, and because those videos are popular not for the right reason they're popular for bad reasons but because they make a lot of views and stuff youtube will try and stick those videos in your face mm-hmm. and i made a uh, a podcast recently moaning about like there's supposed to be a feature on youtube where you can uh, like you click and hold the select it depends what platform you're there's probably a different button for different platforms like you've got pc console phone that that sort of stuff but i was watching obviously on my console and if you press and hold like the select button it gives you options and it says you can either go to that person's channel, so if you want to browse all the videos, and there's a button that says not interested. And it um, says, like, not interested in the channel. And then you can click, like, oh, I don't like the video or I don't want the channel, you know, don't want to see videos from the channel. And there's a YouTube channel, it's called, they're called Nerd, Nerd uh, Grotic, uh, or something like that. Um, it's kind of a stupid name. But I went through that process four times on their videos but again because because the the topics they were talking about were related to things that i follow so like marvel dc you know the lord of the Rings stuff that sort of stuff and obviously i watch trailers and watch other people talk about those things because that's a topic driven thing youtube is like oh no just because you clicked on that we're just gonna it's related to the topic and it's got a lot of views we're just gonna show you it but there's there's a lot of people on YouTube that I'm subscribed to. I barely even see their videos. And I've chosen that I want to see more of those people's videos. Um, so uh, the, uh, overall, just like, long story short, I suppose, YouTube will try to feed you videos that you, you just don't want. Even if you've clicked on a video to say, I don't want these videos. 
and you are subscribed to other people, they'll just still try to feed you those other videos. So Yeah, I've been moving away a lot from YouTube. Mostly I'm on either BitChute or Rumble because um, YouTube will openly ban and censor people, shadow ban people um, for not violating the terms of service, but because they don't like their opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm a very opinion well. guy. Um, and I don't like banning people for opinions because I think I, I will disagree with a lot of the people that I try to watch, mm-hmm. but you have to have, you have to interact with people that have different opinions from you. Otherwise you just get lost in your own confirmation bias. Mm. Yeah. And that's how you learn is from what does this person think? Why do they think this way? Are they right? Are they wrong? Is this something that I think is serious that we should pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Or is this person just spouting off um, nonsense because they're frustrated? Which I'm perfectly fine with all that. I do not ban people off of my Facebook page, which I barely use anyway, or through anything social media because they have bad opinions. Um, yeah. Yeah. If they say something that's so stupid that I can't even fathom that, then occasionally I'll do that, um, which I'll tell you a funny story once we're done recording um, as an example for that. Um, Doesn't need to be brought up here in this context. Um, But yeah, it's, I, like I said, I'm, I'm moving more and more away from YouTube and I'm noticing a lot of creators are moving away from it because of that don't apply like the the latest one I heard is like you can get a, a video struck down if you use the term Karen. Right. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like if, if you say what a Karen, if you say someone's a Karen, you know it instantly what it is. But apparently you can't use that term anymore on YouTube, or they'll strike your um, not like a copyright strike, but they'll just flag you for being a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, bizarre and hilarious and so stupid. Yeah. See, with YouTube, it's a case where, like, I know which videos I mostly want to, like, which people I mostly want to go to. Sometimes the videos are surprisingly hard to find. It's just the way the content is curated is 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 a bit of a mess. Um. So yeah, because I, I I said this on that same episode as well. I had a friend. Well, I've still got the fr- same friend called Barry, uh, who made the Talk and Stalk YouTube channel. Um. I've talked about him and his content before, and. He was saying to me things like, "Okay, his some of his YouTube stats didn't make sense, and like, mm-hmm. um, he because I I would be subscribed to him as well, and I would be like on uh, Skype calls and stuff when he would be uploading videos. Sometimes he had a little bit of trouble, and because I would like watch him upload a vi- you know, so I could help him through the process because he was like new to all this stuff, and um." I'd be like, right, okay, on this day at this time he uploaded the video. I wouldn't get notified till like two days later on on YouTube. And then sometimes he would say, Oh man, did you see that video I did on like Batman or whatever? And I'd be like, um, no, never never saw it. Because his YouTube didn't tell me. So Yeah. Um but of course you can go and manually check people's channels and that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. anyway. So um just, I'm not trying to like scare off anybody who's doing content creation, but if you're somebody who's like, hey, I want to talk about, you know, films and TV and stuff on YouTube, just be wary that like, basically, if YouTube wants to bury your videos for like any reason, they can and they will, and there won't be much that you can do about it, because they kind of just pick and choose 
um what videos get exposure and what don't obviously it's their mm. platform but sometimes it's for reasons that are broken and don't make sense so yeah i have i have issues with youtube as you can probably all tell <laughs> uh which is one of the reasons that entertainment talk is a website and not really a youtube channel so then i can control the whole thing so um we were talking about twitch stuff weren't we so yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i guess it's all a content creation discussion um but yeah long story short with the twitch thing um yeah it, it's yeah it's it, it it is what it is i suppose so yeah um is there anything else you wanted to add to all of this no okay cool uh all right you said that was the last news that's the last one i got yeah had? cool all right no worries uh, all right, we do only have one email, unfortunately, this week, which is still fine. We can still read it out. Uh, it's about PSVR. Uh, for those of you that want to write in, let us know what your... Th- what, please, let us know what your experience is with YouTube. Maybe it works for some of you better than others. Um, whether you're a content creator yourself and you've got problems or you're just a you know general YouTube viewer and you notice certain things, let us know because I'm very curious about other people's YouTube experiences if they're as broken as what mine seems to be. So, uh, Or just your other thoughts on anything else we've discussed game related or whatever else so uh, you can write those things into matthew at entertainmenttalk.org uh, twitter etalkuk as a contact page and information in your show notes there's also a big email box on the website version which a lot of you seem to use which is good you can use that or you can lo- use the clickable email name uh, jessica writes in and says uh, you talked about the psvr2 the other week i think that was a couple of weeks ago wasn't it and uh it was great part it was a great conversation um sorry let me reread this you talked about the psvr2 the other week and it was a great um part of the conversation what games do you want for it um so i think this question is aimed a bit more at me obviously i'm the the vr user out of the two mm-hmm. of us um i did get my um did i talk about this already i got the free adapter that you can get i remember telling my mum for some random reason but uh yeah, for those of you that are ba- for, so for those of you, just let some of you know as well. For those of you that have got PS5s, and if you've got a PSVR unit, obviously the, the first one, um, you can either go on Amazon and spend fifteen pound on an adapter, or you can go onto Sony's website. Uh, you put in your email address and stuff so that so they know which um, PSN profile and stuff it's for. Obviously, so they've also got your delivery address so that they can send you the thing, and you can register for a free. PSVR adapter. The only thing you need to do is put your serial number in. That is on the back of the um, uh, the um, processor unit thing. It was a bit awkward for me to get to. It's a small kind of number and stuff, but you type that in. Um, they'll send you an email and it will say like, "Hey, you've applied for this and that." I don't know why they would reject somebody applying for that, but they accepted my thing and they sent it to me about a week later or something. Um, I Maybe if it already got claimed. Sorry. Maybe if the serial number had already been claimed, they might reject it. So possibly, yeah. If you've if you've got like a second hand one, I guess that could be potentially an issue. Um, but my one was fine. Um, I got my adapter. Um, I had a little bit of trouble like getting it to actually work, but it worked eventually. So um, yeah, for those of you that want to keep playing PSVR games on your PS5, you can go and get that. So, uh, but in terms of games that we want on it, um, Iron Man VR two would be great. I always speak about that game, don't I, and how much uh, I enjoyed that, and how not even I wouldn't even describe IMM VR as underrated. I would say it's just more hidden because unknown, unknown, yeah. Because 
I mean, sure, you can probably go and find, like, IGN's review, GameSpot's review, you know, those kind of big um, websites and stuff, but I, I, even when this game came out, because I didn't play it on release date, I played it a bit after that, I barely seen anybody talk about the game at all, and I think one of the reasons, I think I might have mentioned this before, I think everybody, including myself, kind of looked at the game and thought, oh, this is just an on-the-rails Iron Man game where you just, you're just you flying forward and you just pew-pew, shoot left and right. Uh, a bit like mm-hmm. um, Until Dawn, Rush of, Rush of Blood, but no, you can get, like, weapon upgrades. You can, like, f- uh, it's like a full 360-degree flying thing when you are in missions and stuff. Uh, you fly between location to location. You can do aerial combat. Um, it's great. It's, it's, it's really, really quite good. Um, and does make you kind of feel a bit like Iron Man which is which is also a great idea uh so a game like that would be great um I wouldn't mind some kind of follow-up to the uh it was only kind of a tech demo but the Batman Arkham VR game which is which was more limited and, and whatnot you could do certain things within that but that's kind of a detective driven game um there's probably something you could do with a Spider-Man game as well I remember the um Far From Home, I think it was, a VR game that came out. That was mm-hmm. that had kind of some of those ideas. Um, I wouldn't mind, like, a COD game in VR. Um, I can actually put on my VR headset and use the cinema mode and play COD Modern Warfare. It just isn't configured and it's a bit blurry. So it's much better to just play on the normal TV. But that might be kind of decent if you could do some VR missions for COD. Um... Yeah, uh, maybe another, like, Blood and Truth game, um, which was kind of the London heist um, first-person shooter where you could take cover and use different weapons and reload them and stuff. That was quite cool. So another one of those would be good. Obviously, we've got an Amos 2 that has come out already. I, I am aware of that. Um, probably going to play that on my uh, first PSVR, not wait for the second one. So there's that one. Um, there's probably something quite cool you could do with another Astro game on VR cuz I think Astro's Playroom there's three Astro games one of them is the rescue no it was Re- Astro's rescue mission I think it was which was the VR one obviously there's the um uh the one that came with the PS5 which is like the PlayStation showcase kind of game um but that was a really good game that that was kind of like Moss as well where it's you're not um you're not controlling uh in the first person camera you basically got like an overview of the of the uh of the map and stuff um and it's just a normal controlled platformer game so another one of those would be pretty good um yeah how about you robert i know you don't really play like psvr games and stuff um what would you like to see maybe on psvr 2 uh maybe some kind of like flight sim game Mm, or something that would really take advantage of the visuals um Obviously, with a VR setup, you have to have a lot of space for movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't honestly, I don't know, just because I don't play enough of those games to know what really works and what doesn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we do have the um, Horizon game coming out on VR. We'll see what that's like. Um, that would be interesting from a first-person perspective. Um, I think somebody had mentioned in the Last of Us group before about like what if you had a Last of Us first-person game. I don't know that you want to see a clicker up close. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. I, don't know, I don't know how that would how that would work. Um, that's one way you could do just a you're an unknown survivor in first person and, and it's just like a survival game. You don't really have to include like 
Ellie's story and that sort of stuff. But that could be something interesting. Um, yeah, because I know, I know Resident Evil 7, or was it 7 or 8, you could kind of do that. You could do a first-person mode with uh, a, a VR thing with Resident Evil 7. That was pretty good from what I understand, but just kind of ridiculously scary. Um, so yeah, there's, there's quite a few games there that we've uh, talked about, so we'll see what we come out with. Um, but yeah, we know we got Moss 2 that's come out. That's a PSVR 1 game. Uh, and then we got the Horizon game. So we'll see what else we can kind of get. Um, and that's what we've got for you for this week's episode. Thank you all very much for listening. You can uh, find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for your TV, video games, films, and Man United podcasts. I'm just kind of waiting for the Man United season to finish because it's such a bad situation at the moment but uh, you can follow us for all that different content entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms entertainment talk if you want to support everything else that we're doing here on the site you can of course just listen to some more episodes that we've got there's plenty of them available um that we're doing at the moment um you can also tell other people that you know about the content that we're doing either by just telling them or using social media that type of stuff that helps us out as well uh there's patreon the one dollar three dollar level tiers ad free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh, for all those things. Uh, there's also uh, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio, that's David's uh, TV and film news website if you want the latest TV and film news about casting information, air updates, all that sort of stuff, you can check that out. Geektown Radio, of course, is each week on Tuesdays. Look out for those episodes. Um, Bex went to, I think Bex went to a convention this um, OLL, yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah, posting like, pictures about it. Yeah, look like she had a good time over there. Uh, if you want to follow some more of Bex's content, you can search. I think pretty much across across all platforms. Uh, Trista B Y T E S. She mainly streams on Twitch very regularly. If you like, uh, speaking of Tomb Raider, like we have done today, she's streaming the old games on Mondays. That's for the Tomb Raider games uh, for Twitch's uh, for Bex's Twitch channel and some other games that she's doing. You can follow me on Twitch as well, Etalk UK, for my different gaming streams. If you've missed any of those, all the game clips, which I've still got so many game clips uh, to upload, you can find those all on our YouTube channel, which is called Entertainment Talk Plays. Um, oh, I should have mentioned this at the start of the show. Um, I'm not planning to do an episode next week because it is my birthday next week, Sunday, and I don't plan on doing any podcasting uh, on, on my birthday. And Because uh, May United are playing on Saturday anyway. So uh, I think we might take a week off next week. We'll see how things go. Um... But uh, until then, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you soon. All right, bye. Bye.